0: Okay, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the No Parameters podcast. Uh, my guest today has been acting for 20 years, has proven he's one of the hardest workers out there with an extraordinarily high work ethic and drive in the pursuit of his dreams and passions. His filmography is just too long to name them all, but has appeared on stage, movies, and had roles in some of the biggest shows on television. He has st- shared the stage with the legend Snoop Dogg, had scenes with legends like Betty White and Steve Martin, and played the character Oscar on one of the biggest television hits in the world, The Walking Dead. He's a writer, has been a spokesman, a guest speaker, a motivational speaker, the host of a cooking show, and if all that isn't enough, has created a comic book entitled Devil Row. I want to give the warmest welcome to our guest today, the unconquerable, the unshakable, the incomparable Vincent M. Ward. How are we doing, man?
1: Man, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, is, is that me you talking about
0: That is you. <laughs> that is you. I've seen I've seen the stuff you've been doing, man. I'm a I'm a fan. I'm definitely love what you've been doing. So you I appreciate Mark,
1: sometimes man, you you, for, you for actually you forget what you Done. <laughs> you know, it's just like he was naming some stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, man. Thank you, brother, for having me on your show, man. Bunch of appreciative.
0: You definitely. So we're just gonna get right into it. Um, I know that you were you were born and raised in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and I want to take you back there a little bit. Um, what are a couple of your favorite memories growing up in Ohio? you Think of anything.
1: Um. Besides my family, just I actually playing basketball, man. It was some. It was some tough competition where I came from. And the crazy thing about it, the the, the people that was the toughest people to play ball against were, were actually drug dealers.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh man, I know. But, I, I'm sorry. But you know what, man? You know, I understand people do what they got to do to survive in life. Absolutely. And, you know, and these guys. Honestly, we're some of the nicest guys you ever
1: want to meet, most down to earth. But sometimes people just, you know, they, they make bad choices in life. And it, the choice they made to survive, to take care I mean
0: I'm not knocking it, but I'm also not, you know, saying it's a good thing to do. Of course. But
1: You know, when they look at you as being a good guy, they don't try to get you to do the things that they're doing. If anything, you you should learn not to do those things. And I think with my parents and my family, I had that guidance not to do, not to step
0: in that part of life. Right. That's very well said. And that's true no matter where you come from or who you are or whatever. I mean, those those sorts of things are out there. And, uh, you know, you, you learn you can't judge a book by by its cover. And you could definitely yeah. learn some some major lesson lessons from anywhere. So that's very and true. I, and I said it about guys, guys and women that are in
1: prison or in jail. Just because they're in prison or in jail that doesn't make them a bad person. They just
0: made bad choices or bad decisions in life. Right. We, we all have our share of bad decisions in life. We've all done it. So can't, can't knock that. <laughs> so uh, when you were a kid, uh, did you always want to be an actor from a young age? Never thought about it. Never crossed my mind at all. But I always had
1: the entertainment blood in me because I used to, I used to win a lot of dance contests. And I used to play basketball. And sometimes I would incorporate the two you know, uh, through the dancing on the basketball court, which my um, coach at that time, Jim, stated he hated it, but I used to like that feeling of how the crowd reacted. You know, to me, getting down to the MC Hammer dance, <laughs> I just loved it. But I never thought, in my wildest dreams, that I would ever become an actor. I, I didn't think I didn't think about that until I was what, maybe twenty.
0: 28 years old. Wow. Um, So now I know. Years ago, I know at one point you you had been let go from a job that you had. I know you were you were successful in sales, and uh I know at one time uh they were trying to call you to get you back. And that was around the time that you saw your first play, and you say you fell in love with acting at that time. Um yeah. Do you remember what the play was that made you fall in love? It
1: was, it was with. Uh, in the dream theater in Columbus Ohio and you know you never know where your journey starts you know I thought I would be in the NBA to be to tell you the truth um, coming out of high school I received letters from every college that you can think of about coming to you know getting a scholarship and coming there to play but I didn't want to I wanted to travel with my rap group so I went from my rap group to not making any money uh, to going to college a couple of years, then going to the summertime, going to General Motors, working for General Motors, Five there for, like, that hurt my job. And then I went to the job that you're talking about, which was Champ Sports. You know, and from Champ Sports, yeah, I, I'd say fired for no, for, for no reason. And then going to see that play and fall in love with it. So what we might think is a negative might be a positive to really and truly push you into what you should, should be doing in life.
0: Right, you never because know. Our gifts, our gifts, our talents, it's not for us. It's for other people. We're supposed to bless other people with our gifts and talents. That's why we have them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, how, does it, how, how can you help other people and what can your... What can your gifts do to help the the people around you? That's well said. So when you was that when you fell in love with that play, would would you say I guess that was the turning point in your life when you said, you know, this is this is what I want to pursue? One hundred percent, man. I sat there and I was I had never
1: even seen a play in my entire life. And I sat there and I was like, I can do that. And you know, afterwards I like telling this story. Afterwards, you know, I'm all hyped up, I'm telling the, the actors and the actresses, great job, you know, you guys did an awesome job. And then somebody approached me, like, well, you should come and audition. You know, we're having an open auditions for the, the theater company. I was like, all right, but what's an audition?
0: He <laughs> <laughs> like, said, it was
1: like an interview. Right. And I went and auditioned, and I can honestly say I, I wasn't that good at it, but Having that competitive blood and that entertainment blood in my I vow not to be the weakest link in the chain. You yeah, know, you know, just start practicing. But it's
0: crazy. I don't think I've ever said this in an interview, but the only way that I can remember uh, remember my lines is for me to drive around with the script in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah.
1: You know, because I'm like, if I can focus on these lines and focus on this street without crashing, I I think I can remember
0: these lines. Right, because that's like when so you're when I'm you're. The, I
1: never tell
0: anybody. Oh, I, I feel I'm privileged, <laughs> but that's so true. Like, because when you're driving, you know, you're on autopilot a lot of times, and it's just like your you your your mind is working in, in all, like all different ways all at once. If you can remember your lines while you're driving, you can remember your lines anywhere. So <laughs> that is so funny. I love it. So um. I remember you'd said that you were just saying that Limited Dream Theater was the theater where you started. How about how long were you uh, working there on stage? Do you think? Hello. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I, I think I had it was quiet there for a second. Did you hear my question?
1: Um, no, no, no. no. I, I, I think I was just. Still talking about it, but I didn't hear the question. But what I what I said is is like even to today, um, it's better for me to walk around to remember my lines than to sit sit in one place because my mind started going everywhere.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and you were saying that you had started uh, your your career on stage at the Limited Dream Theater where uh, where you were just talking about. Do you how do you remember how long you had performed there?
1: Yeah. actually performed there until I, until I moved to L.A. I was, um, I started doing more plays around around Columbus, and I finally had my first movie audition, and it was a movie called uh, A Symbol of Love, and I was just have the audition, you know, I told the director at the time, John Whaley, I was like, look, I said, no matter what, man, I just, I'm just honored that you, i me be to, to audition, and I left, and I got a call saying and I had the lead role, so I did that movie and started doing some more plays and then the movie Traffic with Michael Douglas ended up coming to Columbus and Cincinnati and I got a part. after that I said "Told my, my family I said I'm moving to LA and they was like you don't even know anybody out there I said it doesn't, it doesn't matter I'm gone but when it was time for me to leave General, General Motors had cut me a check for $10,000 telling me Oh, man! Now, what's the odds of that, even though I wasn't going back, but that money helped me with my move. You know, it was a uh, ran in the bush, as they say in the Bible. You know, it was something that, you know, that, that you have been worrying about before, and then I ended up being a blessing to you towards your future, and I, 10000 was a blessing. And even before I started doing all the other stuff, Champs champ started to give me my job back, and I had told him.
0: Absolutely, that's a that's a big move You're from Ohio all the way to California. I mean, that's that's especially, incredible.
1: Especially not knowing anybody. The closest person that I knew, and I stayed with them for a couple of weeks. And they lived in San Diego, and I didn't realize San Diego was like two and a half hours away from L.A. But every day I would drive to L.A. and try to find me, you know, a place.
0: Right. So and I, I know you had said in the past that you did not pick acting that that it had picked you. And uh, mm-hmm. do you think that that's true for passions or dreams in general that they pick you?
1: Yeah because sometimes we give more effort towards stuff that we're really not gonna do, use or, or um, um, how can I put this? Sometimes we go out to stuff that's not really truly meant for us. Yeah, you know, who, who shoulda, coulda, wouldn't for the, the basketball thing, but it didn't work out. I found something that I love. And, and the reason why I say it picked, oh my gosh, that guy. And the reason why I say it picked me because I didn't know, I didn't see it coming. Oh, I'm sorry, my hold on one second, right? Sure. Uh, sure. Mark.
0: No problem at all. Life goes on, my friend. <laughs> so, is there any advice you have anybody to to anybody out there that's looking to uncover their own passions and dreams? Like, I mean, you've you've been living it, made the big move. Any any advice for somebody just starting out? Um, whatever you do, take it take it seriously.
1: Be professional. You know, uh, don't if, if it's... If other people involved that's been doing it for their entire life, and you can learn from them, don't go into a situation looking looking at it like it's a hobby, because it's not a hobby to some people. You know, this is the way people. eat. This is the way people put. You know, uh, pay their bills. So if you coming around just like, oh, I just want to be an actor, and you're not taking taking it serious. If somebody
0: can, somebody might check you on that, you know. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's not fair. Yeah, I mean that's the, it, it it's a career move, just like any other, you know, having to take it serious and be be, uh, you know, professional and. So it's, it's a way to. It's a great way to. To start a career, moving to LA. Uh, right. do do you find that yeah, you're? and be, be respectful. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead
1: have to be you have to be respectful and professional of other people's time you know it's just like you scheduling this uh, and, you, and I don't call you till 11-15 you know to me that's, that's disrespectful
0: you know what I mean No. I, like well I, I gotta say I'm I'm, j- I'm very thankful that for you taking your own time time out of your day
1: yeah I'm just sorry that.
0: It's fine. No problem at all. Absolutely. So, um, so you said that the biggest inspiration and motivation uh, was has been your parents and your kids and your grandkids, and uh, I, I know that that's an unbelievable force to make you know anybody take action. Can you tell me on a professional level has there been anybody that's been a big inspiration for you or like a mentor uh, at any stage?
1: minute there I have to say I have to say Terry Crews he was was an inspiration to me for a minute there him and Ernest Thomas Ernest played Raj on what's happening yeah And, and the reason why is because they've accomplished so much done so much in industry but they are so down to earth they are so humble there's nothing that they wouldn't do for anybody, and you know, especially Ernest, Ernest, you know, I consider Ernest as a good friend of mine, you know, somebody that I look up to, that I respect, not only as an actor, but just a person in general, you know, you can have, some people can be great actors, but if they're buttholes
0: (laughs) outside of the set or the stage, then I kind of lose a little respect for them. Oh Uh, man, yeah. It shows. It shows. You can't hide. When you're a jerk, I don't care. I mean, it shows. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've been watching the last dance with the Chicago Bulls, you know, with Michael Jordan, but I would have slapped the hell out of Michael Jordan back
0: then. he he treated those guys. Yeah. You know, calling them out their names, fighting
1: some of them. He was like a bully. And to me, that's why I consider LeBron James. As the best basketball player ever, because to me it, it's a whole thing. It's it's not only the basketball; it's not only your athleticism, but it's how to it's how you treat, how you act off the court. So that's why I consider LeBron is the, the best, even though you didn't ask, but I had to say
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? No, it's how you conduct yourself you know especially how you conduct yourself when nobody else is watching you know that's
1: later comes out
0: absolutely so uh switching gears a little bit i know that you've been working on a comic called devil row and you said that uh, in the horror genre there hasn't been really another black killer since Candyman, and uh and really that's true when you consider it in the in the horror genre itself um, you know it in the process of making that comic, would you consider this main character to be like an anti hero or is he like a straight up villain? He's like, a, he's like
1: a vigilante, to be honest with you. He's not, I mean, even though he's going to kill the hell out of people, but he's not not just doing it just to be doing it. He's doing it for a reason.
0: He's doing it because people are calling on it, because people are being bullied, because people are killing innocent people. You know, he's that type of person. Then you know, more, and, and the reason
1: why I say that whole thing about about Candyman, one, because it's the truth.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, it's the truth, and for me, the reason why I created it is because I got tired of getting killed off of everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, said, well, I don't get killed, so I'm like, I'm going to create my own thing, so I won't get killed, so that's why I created the, the movie. And then the comic book. I I, I, honestly, I didn't know anything about comic books. But then I kept looking. You know, when I'm going to these conventions and going to like ah, the different vendors, I'm like,
0: hmm, (laughs) a wrote. Absolutely, comics have a loyal following. A loyal following, absolutely. I mean, the the Walking Dead comic book, as an example, has been around for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I, I, comics is an untapped resource. I, don't, I think it's still a really good way to tell a story. I, I think yeah. that's an awesome way to go. Where are, like, where are you in the process of this comic? Like, have, have you already produced a bunch of issues, or is it still kind of early on?
1: Working with Scout Comics right now, and I'm just waiting for them to pull the trigger, to be honest with you. Everything is already it's ready. You know, the artists have done their job. And uh, they're just waiting
0: for the right time to put it out. Right. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so just waiting on
1: them.
0: Do you think this and is what, good? You
1: know, with everything that's going on in the world
0: right now, Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: do we really want to put it out right now? You know?
0: So. Right, and that's definitely slowed the process of a lot of things right now, this whole craziness going on. Uh, but I know that there was... Um, your movie, uh, "Booze, Broads, and Blackjack," uh, that was filmed in Bakersfield. I know that. I, de- I think this whole mess has sort of delayed that premiere. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it had to. We had no choice. Right. But I mean, you
1: know, everybody was excited and ready to go to the premiere, and all of a sudden, eh? we got this postpone. Right. But you know, so
0: it's. We-
1: Rather be safe than sorry, man. Yeah, I think
0: everything's. I think think, honestly, I
1: think if they would wouldn't have if they would have still had the premiere, I don't think I would have
0: gone. Right, it's just a responsible thing to do, you know. I think I think everything's eventually gonna come back strong, you know, come back better than ever. But I think for right now, I I think it's clear y'all made the right the right choice. Yeah, but I mean, but people are. I just i don't understand it like look, what happens if you get sick uh, there's nothing <laughs> right well there's, not there's nothing to cure you right now except for you know hopefully this ain't your time to go but that's, right. on, that's on people
1: you know i know you know like i told you before we should start recording i just rushed home because i had to go to um home Depot on target and every time I go in some in a place now, I feel kind of strange, even though I got a mask on. And then nine times out of ten, you can't even can barely
0: breathe with that damn mask on. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> and then I was chewing gum, chewing gum, and the, the the good flavors was going up in my nose. I'm like, I'm suffocating anymore, man. Let me spit this gum out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then for the people that wear glasses, those then wearing a mask, that thing they don't think about the steam. Wearing a mask, it rises up and fogging up everybody's glasses. Whole we'll just whole other thing we never thought guy, about. I, I
1: saw something the other day. The guy that he was had his hands covered, had his you know his mask on, and he was on the plane. And he thinks that he thought that the the virus might have gotten in through his eyes.
0: I'm uh. like, what? Say, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, don't tell us that we're just, let's get, we're just doomed. But, right. You know. It'll. I think everything'll go back to normal eventually. We'll get there. So you've you've done a handful of great movies recently. You've. I mean, you're constantly moving and doing. I recently watched uh, the movie Encounter, and it was released in two thousand eighteen, and I know it won a best indie sci fi film at the Film Threat Awards, uh, and it's currently out on DVD and Blu Ray for anybody that's interested. But uh, just briefly, it's about an otherworldly organism that crash lands on earth somewhere around North Carolina and a group of grief stricken friends uh, that have to overcome a recent tragedy and face their fears. And it hits a lot of topics like overcoming grief and faith and fear had a great cast. Luke, I think Luke Hemsworth brought a subtlety to his character that was really effective. And your character had uh, a lot of good back and forth dialogue throughout. And uh, your character you played was named Marcus Doyle. I was basically playing myself you, you think that's exactly the way I would that's like what my next question was going to be I was going to ask like you know where like like if you related to that character because I mean it just seemed like so real like if something like that happens you know there's going to be somebody you know well most people probably really you know the the mentions of the body snatchers and all that stuff like mm-hmm, yeah. that was so good that was me <laughs> Acting oh, necessary <laughs> was
1: me. I'm like, nope, I'm not touching it. But, but you know what, man? We had a great time filming that that movie,
0: and, and we're all still really good friends to this day. You really don't find them. No. Sometimes you film, and you know you might get cool with a couple people or whatnot,
1: and you know you might hang out every now and then. But with that group of people. Oh, man, we, we, we have fun. We meet up in places. Uh, we do group texts. even though sometimes you don't want to be part of the group text. Oh,
0: man. But uh, Paul, Paul, the director,
1: he's the king of group text, and He don't stop, man. Your phone just plays.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I had a great time, man. I was, and, it, and it, the crazy thing again, the way that this happened, me and Paul, we had met at a convention in Arizona, in Phoenix, and uh, it was a flop, you know, it was a flop, it was uh, it was a big pain in everybody's butt, but, but you know, they were so disappointed, because it was like a holiday weekend, and they was like, well, you know, we want to apologize to everybody, you know, if, if you want to longer and do uh, white white water rafting and zip lining we're all going Monday we're changing flights and we take care of everything so I was like alright <laughs> you know those <laughs> were things I would never done before and me and, me and um, Paul we just end up becoming friends that day and he was finished pretty much finished with the script because he was telling me about it and he was like I'm going to write you something and he ended up writing me in in the script, and he ended up, you know he got a, a piece of my personality,
0: and me wearing a chain with the cross on it and everything, he put all of that in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I guess it it shows it came through the the realism and everything because you felt like it was it was pretty much you, and I think yeah. I think that helped that helped the whole vibe of the story. I think. Yeah. So is sci-fi, is the sci-fi genre, is that something that you just like personally enjoy? Do, have you watched much of it before?
1: You know what Mark, I just want to work man. I don't give a damn what genre it is. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, I get you
0: know, that. Man, it's just like
1: I tell everybody, I don't, I don't put one show above another show. Even though people love The Walking Dead, but I don't put that above everything else I've accomplished. You know, or or that I might have coming up. Yeah, it's popular and it's still popular to this day. But as an actor or an actress, you just you're just happy to work, and you want to, you want to feel like you're really a part of something. You know, I want to be whatever show that the next show that I'm on. I want to be there from the beginning to the end. You know how how Norman Norman Reedus is right now. Yeah, that's how I want to be. I
0: won't be the black Norman Reedus. <laughs> no, Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus can be the can be the white Vincent M. Ward. But well, no, nah,
1: he already did. He already done something that I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and you you know, and I've seen you do like comedic roles too. I think you have you have like a natural knack for like the timing. I think uh, having seen you doing a lot of different roles and stuff, I think. You you've got a lot of talent, and I think if people are not familiar with your work, I think they they need to get familiar. Absolutely. But but you know what, man?
1: Um, that's really who I am. That's my personality, the whole comedy side—not being a comedian, but just trying to make people laugh, trying to make people smile naturally, without you know, like hey, hey, being clownish, but that that's who I am you know I can't be the thug dude I'm like I, I ain't gonna hurt nobody I'm scared <laughs> <laughs> you know this, uh, everybody based everything on my height and my voice you know so it's like automatically think oh he's gonna be a tough guy but the bigger the, the big you are sometimes the the softer you are not being like you know you
0: Absolutely So And um, and there's Just so people can There's some other Movies that you've done Recently that I want to mention um, mirror, mirror Mirror Is a psychological thriller uh, People can I love the Mirror Mirror I definitely love the Mirror uh,
1: Played a pastor That had some serious issues
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well And people can find that On Pay Per View Right now on the Win Network If anybody wants to yeah. Check that out
1: uh, Well you know what There's a lot of shows That you know, it was like, it's like a streaming network. So I
0: that's mean, the future.
1: It's, yeah, it's probably it's probably the same amount as going uh, to the movies. But it's, it's a it's a great movie. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Bishop Wynn, win. Um, John Wynn, He's he's doing an awesome job with his his streaming network, the Win Network.
0: That's a, like the hotel in Vegas, right? There's a lot of a lot of good content coming out of that network uh streaming is 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 the future of everything and uh yeah. the movie step daddy i think that's due out in june of this year is it not um i don't know if it's going to be in june it might be a little later but that was one of my creations once again it falls back into being a killer and not being killed and it's kind of a remake from um the old movie the stepfather oh yeah so, yeah so
1: I'm definitely a crazy man in that, so people hopefully people will enjoy seeing this is a total different side of me in in this thing. I'm just insane. Yeah. so you yeah, know I created that and I created my my um my um traveling show called Conventioning
0: I saw that i I, I watched uh, I actually watched. Uh, an episode of conventioning uh, just yesterday when you were at uh, one. I can't remember. I think it was an out convention in L.A. Yeah,
1: it was uh, the L.A. Comic Con, and the other one was called the uh, Disabilities Expo. And the Disabilities Expo really it it touched me, man, for the simple fact that some of the simple things that we take for granted in life, like you know your shower, your your toilets, uh, putting on your shoes. This this expo was all about people who had disabilities, and but it was called the Abilities Expo, and it just pretty much showed you how people with disabilities survive every day, and there was so many different vendors there, you know, from from the, you know the, from the vans, you know, that they get um, they change around so they can have wheelchair get their wheelchairs and stuff on there. Or if they had any kind of disability, to show you how to, you know, drive whatever with whatever disability you might have. I remember meeting this lady, and she was probably in her sixties, and she had just became blind like two months before we met. Wow. And she had her seeing eye dog, and you know, she started a program to help people get seeing eye dogs. So it was really touching, and you know we learned a lot that day. Learned a lot, buddy.
0: That's incredible. Talk about you know, somebody. You know, they... Go ahead. Yeah, so that's you know that's pretty much what the show is about.
1: It's not all about the celebrities. Yeah, we go to different conventions. It's over fourteen thousand different conventions in the world. But I want to make it about the people also. You know, celebrities already get enough. You know, uh, shine. I wanted to give the the. A regular person, some shine, and tell me about your life, and why are you coming to this convention, and don't have, you know, you know that conventions bring sometimes bring families together.
0: That is absolutely true, and I, I, there's loyal, loyal uh, people that go to conventions every year, and it they draw great crowds, and 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 that dis- and that one uh, featuring uh, the abilities convention, you know, featuring people. I mean, that's powerful stuff that's that's awesome Thank you. so of all the things that you've done uh... you've been on the stage and movies and tv uh... where do you think your your greatest passions lie or uh... Do you feel like your aspirations have changed over time i think we it started at, on stage
1: on stage man the last play i've done was the one the redemption of the dog with snoop dog man it was so many people there every night and i i just love it i love getting booed. i love making people cry making people laugh it's just getting that feel um from the from the audience it's nothing like it you know nothing like being able to control people's emotions uh, or how they look at you so, and I remember I remember this one play I did some years ago and I was I played an abusive abusive husband and they really made me be abusive. You know, they showed me beating her, raping her, all types of stuff during the play. To my wife, the one you know played my wife. And I would never forget this guy came this guy and his wife came to me after the play. And the guy just he just started crying, and I'm looking at him like, what the hell what's this dude?
0: Oh man! He was he was crying because he said watching me. That's how he was that morning with his
1: wife. Oh my god! And, and he had brought her to the play to like you know make up for from him beating her. And he said when he saw me, he told he promised his wife right then and there, I will never put my hands on you again.
0: That is powerful. Yeah. Man. You make you know you make people make people laugh, make people cry, you make people feel something. That's you know that's have having the ability to do that. That's that's power right there. Cha- help change people's lives.
1: Yeah, and that that was very touching. It, I, it was another situation when a young lady. Uh, I was at the mall, and I didn't know anything about it. I was at the mall. This is actually when I was in Ohio, and I got a call. From this guy that I used to play ball with. And he was like, hey, man. He said, were you at the mall today? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, man. I was like, what? He said, man, my girl saw you. As soon as she saw you, she automatically got scared and walked on the other side of the mall because they had came to my play. And I had, you know, this particular play, I had played the bad guy in that. And I was like, really? I was like, oh, man, thank her. Because that made me feel good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right.
1: that she, she still remembered me and got scared and went to the other side <laughs> so, That's when... one, of the funniest, one of the funniest things is when my parents came to one of my plays and you know you do the curtain call you go out there and bow whatever and I look out in the audience cause they sit in the front row and my mom is booing me <laughs> 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 booing me with other people because I came out
0: like I was still a character looking mean mugging the audience and they were booing me so when they started booing <laughs> I
1: smiled and waved at everybody and they started clapping but see my mom booed me that was, that was classic right
0: there man <laughs> <laughs> you get your own mom to boo you you know you're doing something really good <laughs> that is funny so uh, you know I think that your story is one that people can can relate to I think it's powerful I think it helps people remember that they can pursue their dreams and go after you know what they want to get to out of life I think uh, I, I like
1: telling people why why not you you know ask yourself why not me you know nobody if you put if you put in a hundred percent and you have faith and you have tough skin and you have a good work, work ethic you, you can do whatever you want to do I, I'm, I I like saying this. I'm not I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be because I stuck with it. People want stuff to happen overnight, and it's not gonna happen overnight. And you don't want it to happen overnight because it doesn't last when it happens overnight. You want it when you work for it, or you you know you in sweat and cried and boo hooed about it, and then it finally happens for you. Yeah, you feel better about your success and your accomplishment. You know, there be times, man, I sit here and I just start crying, man. You no know, lie, I cry and I just, I think about the good, I think about the bad, I think about the, the past, future, and present. And I just get so hyped up like, man, dude, you went through that, but you can't do this. You know, sometimes you got to see your vision. That's what the feet come in. You got to see it. You have to taste it, you have to smell it You got to work for it, man And then once you get finally to get to that point You got to help other people get there too You know, and that's one thing Why I want, it's one reason why I want to be A guest speaker, a motivational speaker Because I speak from the heart I'm not going to sugarcoat anything I'm not going to BS you You know, I, I'm, I'm going to speak From the heart and let you know This is what it is I remember, I remember one time I went and spoke at this high school and I'm standing there. They didn't, you know, it wasn't like I was getting paid or anything like that. And some of the students were on their, on their phone.
0: And, I, and I, yeah. I said, I'll wait for y'all to get off y'all phone. I'm not <laughs> here. You know, I'm here for y'all. I said, I said, the least you can do is respect me.
1: No doubt. And the teachers zoomed over there and took the phones from the kids, man.
0: It's all about being, being respectful, about giving back, turning... Turning ish- problems into stepping stones and all that. I think that's a great story, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that I, we were able to talk today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I think uh, you know your story is very inspirational, and I so I thank you for taking your time to talk with me. Where up? Uh, man, my pleasure, brother. Where can people find you?
1: Man, social media, man. Vincent M. Ward, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And you know my website, mwar. dot and LinkedIn. I, I thought about doing that TikTok, mess, but I, I don't. I can't get. I can't uh, figure that thing. Out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the new thing now, TikTok. Yeah. You are on everything. But
1: I, I tell people too, if you hit me up and you ask me a question, just know so you're gonna get the truth. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm gonna be honest with you. And if I don't know the answer, I send you to somebody who can answer because yeah. I respect. I'm honored that somebody would want to interview me. I'm honored that somebody would, you know, ask me a question and, and take into consideration my answer. You know, I'm honored by those things. I don't. I don't take it lightly. Lightly. Yeah. Um. Uh, it makes me feel good.
0: Well, this uh, Vincent M. Ward is one of the realest guys around great to talk to you. I wish you the the best success in the future and all that you do and uh, you've got some big things coming.
1: Likewise, brother. You ever need me for anything, man. You let me know and I appreciate you having me on your show, Mark. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. You take care. You too. Peace. Bye-bye. Well, thank you everybody for taking the time and listening. This was episode 2. Episode 3 coming up next. I'm speaking with My co-host, my co-creator of the No Parameters Project and the podcast, this dude is one of my best friends. He's like a brother from another mother. I'm going to be here with Michael Thomas, and we're going to be talking about his upbringing in Detroit. We're going to be talking about uh, health and wellness and substance abuse and all sorts of other topics. So stick around, check us out. Take care, everybody.